Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Another opportunity for you to capture our heart. For another opportunity for us to take you serious. For another opportunity, Lord, to find out the plans that you have for us, Lord. Your word says that you have plans to prosper us and to give us a future and a hope, Lord, and to show us things we do not know, Lord. And sometimes we're distracted and we're deceived and we're led down another road, O oh God. But I pray that tonight, Lord, we would have more understanding of what you want with us, uh, that we would be able to pursue you more passionately, more seriously. The whole world is seeking after a people that they could see the reality of God, the reality of the kingdom, the reality of your spirit in troubled sometimes. Lord, and, and we are the answer to the world, O oh God. Jesus Christ in us is the hope of glory. No one will be able to see the kingdom or hear about the kingdom or know about the kingdom if it doesn't become a reality first in us, Lord. So we pray that tonight, Lord, you teach us how we're to do that. And we pray, Father God, that we would have a heart to receive your word and that your word would be a light unto our path. And Father God, we pray that you would be glorified tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We start out in Titus chapter 1, verse 16. And we're talking about world-changing relationship. There's no other relationship in the world more powerful than your relationship with God. And your relationship with God is personal to you. And depending on what you do with that relationship depends on what comes about in the future of our lives. But in Titus chapter 1, verse 16... Paul writes to Titus, and he's telling them there are certain people that claim to know God. There's, I don't know if you know people that think or tell you they know God. Uh, somebody was beaten on his wife uh, a couple of months ago, and, and he sits there before uh, somebody who's reaching out to him, and he says, I know God. And this guy told him, if you knew God, you wouldn't be beaten up on your wife. It's not consistent with knowing God. And so there's a multitude of people nowadays. They might be, like I was on the channel, I was on channel 41 a couple of months ago, and a transvestite tells me, I know God. And uh, a homosexual will tell you, I know God. And a prostitute will tell you, I know God. And I'm sure that God has revealed himself um, to them um, but to know God is a whole different matter. And it's not talking about intellectual knowledge. Like I know about God. I know about, I know about President Bush. I know about world leaders. But to know them is different. And here Paul is saying they profess. When they speak, they say they know God. But Paul says in their works, they deny him. They're, they're showing by what they do that they do not know God. And what are they doing? Things that God hates. That's what the word abominable, abominable means. If you know God, you're not doing things that God hates. If you know God, you're not disobedient. How many say amen? amen. Knowing God, saying that you know God, shows obedience in your life. And thirdly, they're not ready for the works that God has for them. So three things makes you a person that doesn't know God. When you're doing things God hates, 
And the Bible says if you love the world, the Bible says that, that the world is in enmity with God. And so to hate the world and, 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 and the fruits of where the world leads people in destruction, I despise. I hate that. I hate what God hates and I love what God loves. That shows that I know God. And being obedient is, a, 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 you know, is the first indication that you're a Christian. You start obeying your parents. That's what the first thing I did. I was in total rebellion with my father. And what freaked my father out is when I started being obedient. And, and so that was, that was proof evident that God was showing up on the scene and showing me who he was. And finally, worthless for doing anything good. And you have the opportunity to do the things of God, and you just are unfit for that work. And many times Jesus tried to tell those people he was trying to reach. In Matthew 13, 15, he says, these people's heart has become calloused. If we're going to go into the season of knowing God more, we have to, you know what a callous is, right? A callus is when something is rubbing against your skin and it gets harder and harder and it comes to the point where you don't feel anything no more. And I have calluses on my fingertips from playing the guitar. And so it's so much time that I, I'm on that irritation. It forms a callus. I don't even feel the, it used to be when I first started playing, the nylon strings were really hard. But now the, str- the steel strings, they don't phase me. I don't feel them because my fingers have developed calluses. And so if God, is, if God is touching your heart and touching your heart and touching your heart and, and continuing to call upon you, you could grow a callus in your heart where you don't even care what God says or thinks. And Jesus said in Matthew 13, 15, the people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. They've grown dual in the hearing of their ears. And their eyes, they have closed lest they should see. God is showing you the way, and you're going, I don't want to see. I don't, I don't want to get closer to God. I don't want to hear God's voice. And you shut God out of your life, and, and trust me what I'm telling you. The, the first eight times that Moses came to Pharaoh, the Bible says he hardened his heart against the message of the prophet. And, and the last couple of times, it says God hardened his heart. Because God will always give you what you want. You don't want to hear God, you'll go deaf to the voice of God. You don't want to see God, you'll grow blind to seeing God. You want, you want to uh, remove yourself from what God is showing you, He'll remove you. It's super sad to see the reality. I've had people in this church who their 9-year-old daughter, 10-year-old daughter has decided she's not going to go to youth group. And the parents sit by passively and they say, okay, don't go. Well, you know what the Lord did? He took the whole family out of being in the presence of God. So the whole family out to a place where they feel like being. And I look at this and I'm, I'm amazed. But it all starts with, with an indication of not desiring the things of God. He says in Matthew 13, 15, otherwise... They might see with their eyes and hear with their ears. And when they're seeing with their eyes and hearing with their ears, then the understanding comes in their heart 
and they would turn to God and God would heal them. God would restore them. God would do what he promised to do in their lives. So to know God is not like the English term that we know. It's more like a, in, the, in the biblical sense of knowing God, it's to have a real intimate relationship. It's, it's in the Bible, it's almost like having intercourse. Every time somebody, like it says, and Adam knew Eve, that's talking about he talked with her, he listened with her, he slept with her, he arose with her. He, he had a real intimate, he knew her. Um, and some people say, know her in the biblical sense. But in 1 Thessalonians 4, 5, it says that not knowing God is going around with the earthly passions of lust. And could you say with me, like the Gentiles who do not know God. There's people out there that don't know God and they're moving by the lust of the flesh and the desires of the heart. That's not us. We're moving by the Spirit of God. And, and by just something supernatural that God has put in our lives that once was not there. I don't know. Listen, um, I remember being a little boy. I was eight years old and I went to the, to the mall with my older brother and I saw my brother steal for the first time. I've always told this story. Uh, we went to the mall. He was there. We were at a, at a candy store. And he tells the lady, could you please give me that? And when she turned around, my brother reached to the counter and took a chocolate bar and he put it in his pocket when she wasn't seen and I saw that with eight years old he was 13 um, and I said wow that's cool listen that was the seed that made me a kleptomaniac I began to go I remember it was Christmas time I went into Woolworth how many remember Woolworth and I went into Woolworth and I got a present for everybody in my family at eight years old. So I'm passing out gifts on Christmas. And they're like, how did, he, how did this eight-year-old get this stuff? And my mom thought my dad had given me the money, and my dad thought my mom had given me the money, so I was cool. And so living in the desires of the passions of the flesh, like who? Like people who don't know God. But as soon as God came into my life, he started saying, that is not going to be part of you. That is not going to be part of you. And I was 16 at the time. This is eight years later. I've become a fetish to steal. And so to not know God is, is to break all these laws. In Ephesians 2.12, Paul says, do you remember that time when you were separate from Christ? This, this has to be part of our lives. That time you were without Christ. How many still remember when you were without Christ? Ethan? Remember that? Remember that we were just, we had no hope in this world. And then all of a sudden God starts calling us into this supernatural plan of God. He says, we were aliens of all, and strangers of all his promises, having no hope. And we were without God in this world. Hey, people... People get really religious into the Christian circles and they're, well, I'm a Christian. Listen, I remember when there was no church. Church for me was, let me get out of here. Because, you know, the guy that was doing the mass, he only wanted to do 15-minute mass. And then we were leaving back to our nightmare. 
of personal lives without any peace. So Paul says we were in this world without hope and without God. Another, uh, when he writes to the Galatians in chapter 4, verse 8, he says, formerly, when you did not know God, you were slave to the sinful nature. You were, you were going around doing what the flesh told you to do that was sinful. When? When we did not know God. And so, how do, how do people... The, 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 the being able to initiate knowing God is that God first was, was desirous. Let's, let's read real quick. Um, there's a verse that I've put aside here. Really powerful. And Jesus says these words in John 6, 44. This, this has to set everything in motion because how do we go from not knowing God or knowing Him like they profess to know Him that really don't know Him to being able to be part of His plan and to see His glory and to hear His voice. And, and Jesus says, no one can come to Me. We wouldn't be here tonight unless the Father who sent Jesus draws Him. If God the Father did not pull you in the direction of Jesus Christ, you would have never been able to know God. And He did that. And that's why we're here. And, and, and I, I have been trying to preach to my friends for almost 30 years. And they don't have a clue. And I said, Lord, what's the difference between me and them? And it's that the Father drew me to Christ. It says, no one can come to Jesus unless the Father who sent Jesus draws him. So we know that God has touched your heart. And that is, is a miraculous miracle. As, as we're talking to Orlando and his friends going through the same exact things that he was going through when, years ago when Christ came. And they cannot, they cannot come to Christ. They're, they're, they're not brought. So our privilege to be brought here is, is the goodness of God. In 2 Peter 1.21, he says that these words that came were not somebody's, it wasn't man's doing. It never came because I had a burden for Orlando. It, it, it never came because there was a man who cared about Orlando. It came because holy men of God spoke in the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God comes upon us and makes us speak to people through the Holy Spirit to bring them to God. And in each one of our lives, there was somebody God used to bring us here. Um, David in 2 Samuel 23, 2 says like this, he says, These, the Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word, this is 2 Samuel 23, 2. The Spirit of the Lord was speaking through me, and His word was on my tongue. What was the inspiration for every message we have heard from this pulpit? The word of the Lord, how? Because the Spirit of the Lord is speaking. And, and he's, he's talking to us. He's not talking to us about politics 
and who won in Iowa. And he's not talking us to earthly, eternal things. He's talking to us about things that are from God for us to prosper. And that's, that's how God engages us. That's why people who don't, who don't desire God and who do not want more of God, they don't come to church. Because what are we going to be doing? I had one man here say, I, I want you to be more funny. He says, go to a nightclub and, and go listen to a comedian. I, I want you to, to uh, do something a little bit. Listen, what's coming out of here is the word of the Lord. For those who want God, for those who have the spirit of God and wants his life. And David was saying that in that time. The Spirit of the Lord speaking through me His Word was on my tongue. Why? Because God's not going to keep any secrets with His people. God is going to speak to you some powerful stuff in your lifetime. Uh, Amos chapter 3, verse 7. Surely the Lord will do nothing without first revealing His innermost secrets to those who serve Him. God's, God, uh, there, listen, remember I got saved when I'm 16, and every time I wanted to date a girl, the Lord says, uh-uh, that's not, that's not what I have for you. Every time I wanted to get a job, uh-uh, that's not my purpose for you. I'm like, Lord, I am blessed. Uh, right, w- w- right after I started my law career, I had a very wealthy businessman wanted to start a Cuban restaurant. It would be the first Cuban restaurant in Fort Lauderdale. And, and the guy was going to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars and he wanted to go in as partners, 50-50. And we were going to, we, we already had the premises, we had the menus, we, we were hiring the chefs, we were fixing the freezers, all these things right on I-95 and Hollywood Boulevard. And the Lord says, if you want to, you could go and you'll make money, but I have something different for you. And I said, I'm backing up. I, I can make more money, but this is not what I want. I want what God wants. And so how privileged are we, even David, right? Young man, and God already wants to engage, to prosper him, so he ends up totally different than those that do not listen to God. And so in every field, in every area, our God is sure. Let's read that again, Amos 3, 7. He's sure to do nothing unless first he speaks to you secrets through his messengers. Genesis 18, 17, the Lord says, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? I I don't know about you, but I want to be in such relationship with God at the end of this year and at the end of every year for the last 28 years that I'm listening to what I should do. And, and here God in Genesis, we're putting it up there, 18.17. This is God saying, and the Lord says, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? And people have this concept of, why is Abraham so special? Because he's a man who listened to God. And so God continued to confide in him secrets and, and purposes and plans. And in Daniel chapter 9, verse 2, these men that had the revelations to move powerfully, 
is first because they respected. Look what he says. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books of the number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet. And he would accomplish 70 years in desolations of Jerusalem. Daniel says, I went to read what the prophet of God, Jeremiah, had written so that I would understand what God wanted. We, we, we want God's purposes. We don't want to listen to God's servants. Verse 3, he says like this, So when I understood from the scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to a prophet, Jeremiah, I turned to the Lord. I set my face to seek God and pray and and, and put my supplications with fasting. I started moving in directions where we said it on Sunday, James chapter 4, verse 8. If you draw close to God, He will draw close to you. And, and this is what I feel, that, and I don't, I, I feel that all of us should be concerned with getting more serious with God. And, and finding out what he has for our lifetime, our families. He says, I turned to God and began to seek him with prayer and fasting. In verse 6, he understands why there's a disconnect. I don't know who here feels a disconnect and they, they just, they're just hearing a monotone voice of nothingness. But he understood. He says, the reason we have lost our way the, we, the reason we're disconnected, the reason we're suffering what we're going through is because we, neither we have heeded your servants, the prophets who spoke in your name to our leaders and to our fathers and to all the people. We, how could there be a connection if you're not listening? How could be there a connection? You know, one thing led to another in my life. The, the whole uh, salvation, getting away from sin, finding a wife studying, getting a career, leaving that career. How does all that happen? How does a pastor, how, I wasn't a pastor always, I, I became a pastor, um, but how do you grow intimate in the Lord? How do you know that you're the people of God? By listening to God. And, and I have a question, how will God reveal himself to a people who don't seek him? A people who don't want, oh God, please don't rock the boat. Don't, don't take me farther than what I want to go. In John chapter 8, verse 55, Jesus has to show up on the scene and tell certain people, you have not known him. John 8, 55. You have not known him. But I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know him. And what's the connection? And I keep his word. There's a big disconnect between knowing his word, listening to his word, and keeping his word. If you start subtracting what God is telling you to do, you'll never get to the next part of what his purpose is. And a lot of people listen to his word, but Jesus is key. And I want you to underline that in your Bibles. His key is, I know him and keep his sayings. I keep his word. That's, that's, that's a connect right there, powerful. 
um, if, if you move with me to 1 John and you see what is written there, you freak out um, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 4. This is powerful. He that says that he has a relationship with me and doesn't keep his commandments is a liar. And God's truth is not him. He's not connected. You say you know him and you don't keep his word, what he's speaking into your life, there's a disconnect. And God wants to get us connected at, at, at aggressive levels. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty seven, he says these words, All things have been given to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father except the Son. And at the end it says, and whoever the Son will reveal. I'm, I'm excited. I used to say as a young person, because I think that, that at every stage of our life, God reveals himself in a different way. I used to tell God, you're the guide of my youth. You're the one who directs me while I'm a teenager. I was, I was, I was 16, 17, 18, 19. And, and my, my hope was like, God, how will I ever prosper in life? How will I get ahead how will I be blessed in my marriage? How will my family, how will I provide for my family? As with the last question I asked my parents before I got married, I said, hey guys, um, how is it that you afford a family? I mean, what if your wife goes on a spending binge? How do you stop her? I had all these questions, you know. But God is faithful. The more you draw near, the more you get closer to God, He starts giving you the inside scoop. He gives you the inside plans on how to prosper. And so our, our desire is, is how does God do this from the inception? I want to tell you what the motivation of God for us to be close to him. In Jeremiah 31.3, you, you won't understand why God insists in all these matters until you are convinced that he loves you passionately. You guys got 39.3. And I said 31.3. This is what God has been saying the whole time. And if you haven't got it, this is it. This is the basis. The Lord has appeared since the beginning of time saying, Yes, I have loved you with a never-ending love. Therefore, because of this love, I have drawn you to me. That, that, that has to be the basis. If, if you understand this, then you will surrender. I remember one guy telling me, you're crazy. I said, listen, I'm jumping in to the everlasting arms of my God. You think I'm crazy, but I'm just abandoning myself to a God that I'm convinced beyond any reason that he lavishly loves me at levels that no one has ever loved me. And he cares for me like nobody cares for me. And he's embraced me at that level. So this is the motivation of God calling us to. Before I knew God, I said, if I give myself to God, he is going to He's gonna take everything I like. He's going to set me in some monastery as a monk. I'm going to sit there and and hate life farthest from the truth as i continue to abandon myself in his life he blows it up 
in, in an incredible plan. An incredible plan that he has for life. Based on what? Based on his love. Based on a level of love you'll never experience. And so, in John chapter 6, verse 45, he says, It's written by the prophets. They will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from Him will come to Jesus. That's the plan. No longer will anybody have to tell you, know God, because God is, is passionately pursuing us. Um, sometimes when, when God starts, he, in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 10, it says like this. He says, He'll teach you the ABCs. He'll teach you the one, two, threes. He'll teach you the, the, the colors, the basic colors. Before you get into fuchsia and amber and all those, you need to learn what blue and black and purple and yellow, those are the basic colors. And so here it says, for precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. This is how God teaches us. He's going he's to address little parts of your life in different areas. He's going to remind you things. He's going to remind you again. And if you allow yourself to walk with God, man, you're going to be set at an incredible level of a relationship with Him that, that you'll hear His voice clearly. You'll walk. I, I am amazed how people want to walk with God, um, but they don't want to begin, you know, with, with the simple stuff. They, they can't even be obedient with the simple stuff. And let me ask you a question. Will God take you to difficult? Will He take you to deeper levels if, if you're drowning in two feet of water? No, He can't take you to the deep waters, to the, to the significant realities of what He has. This is what He says in John seven seventeen. He had to tell those people, whoever is willing to do his will, God's will, understands my teaching. And then you'll know that it comes from God, and I don't speak of my own. If you, if you read this carefully, you say, if anyone wants to do his will, why would God reveal his will if you're not seeking it? Why would God want to show you truth if you don't have an appetite for truth? He'll show you concerning these things and then you'll know that it's God but if if you just want to know and not do his will he blanks it out look look what he says in John 8:43 does anybody doubt that Jesus wanted to convey a, a a message that would be understood he wasn't he wasn't very philosophical he he went down to the children understood and listen what he says why do you not understand what I'm saying? Like if I'm talking in a foreign language, why aren't you connected with my voice who's crying out for you? Why? Because you're not able to listen to my word. You don't want to know what I say. First John 2.4. We read this already. It goes in line with he that says, I know him, and is not willing to follow my commandments, my voice, is, is, dece is deceptive, is a liar. 
and truth is not in him. Proverbs 28.5. I could sit there till I'm blue in my face and try to tell somebody why God is calling them. And, and then I run into this verse, which gives me a little peace to what happened this afternoon. Evil men do not understand what is right. If, you're, if your heart is set on doing evil, you, you could have Paul himself, Jesus Christ himself, right in front of you tonight, and you won't understand anything. He says, but those who are seeking the Lord, everything is revealed to them. They understand everything. I was talking to one of the young men this afternoon, and I said, well, look, if your car breaks down because he's separated from his wife, and I said, come to me and let me help you with what's my specialty. If your car breaks down and you don't just throw it away, you don't junk it, you take it to a mechanic. And so I was telling him, bring your marriage to me so I could help you. You know what he says? I took her car last week to the mechanic and I paid for it. I was like, (laughs) I'm telling him about his marriage and he's telling me he took his wife's car to the mechanic. And this is it right here, what we just read, Proverbs 28.3. It says that, 28.5, evil men do not understand right things. I, I was telling the men at our men's meeting Tuesday night, if you don't have a right spirit, whatever comes from God, you twist it. You ignore it. You divert it. So I told the men, pray for your spirit like, like, like David did in Psalm 51.10. He says, Lord, this is not a matter of I'm doing wrong or I like it or I don't like it. I have a wrong spirit in me. Look what he says. Create in me a clean heart, a pure heart, O God, and renew within me a a right spirit. So all the stuff that we're not doing the way God wants and how we, how many know that we, we try to, and he says, because your spirit's not right. And a man like David who had a heart after God, he says, Lord, let's not miss it anymore. Come inside of me and fix my attitude. Fix my spirit. Because I I don't like to listen to the word of God. I I don't enjoy when they're telling me to grow closer to God. It's almost like a death sentence. And it really is. Tell you something. I think that's, that's why people don't want to come to God. You remember when they left Egypt and they they traveled in the desert? And they went up to Mount Sinai and God says, come, tell these people to come. I want to see them. And they all surrounded the mountain. And when God came down, you know what they did? They ran. And they're like, hey, Moses, you go find out what God wants and you come and tell us. Lest we die. Because God is going to, if he takes control, we're just going to finish. It's going to be him calling the shots. And so the people left. And they considered coming close to God a threat on their reality. That's a a misperception. God had just taken them out of slavery. God had just taken them out out of total captivity. And so he he wanted to see these people and they didn't want to see him. It says in Psalm 25, verse 9, that the Lord is willing to guide the humble in what is right and teach him his way. The Lord is able to guide those who allow themselves to be guided, and he teaches them the right way. Psalm 25, verse 9. I want God to guide me this year. I want, I want to be humble enough where he's leading me and teaching me his way. In verse 14, he says like this, 
the Lord will trust. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And to those who fear him, God's going to show his relationship. He's going to show the significance of his relationship. I'm going to ask Clarita to come forward. She has a word from the Lord. Clara, puede venir? And I want you to be able to have a heart to receive what this woman is going to bring now. Um, is there a microphone up here, guys? I'll translate for her. Sube acá. Ahora voy. Sea nuestro Padre. Que Praised and blessed would be our Father. Because that's why we are in Christ Jesus. La iglesia es el cuerpo de Cristo. The church is the body of Christ. Nosotros estamos en ayuno. And we're fasting. Buscando el rostro del Señor. Seeking the face of the Lord. Y a las cinco de la mañana me despertó el Señor. And at five o'clock this morning the Lord woke me up. Con esta escritura. With this word. Para que se la trajera a ustedes. So that I can offer it and share it with you. Eso lo trajo el pastor porque yo es inglés pero el cuerpo es uno. I brought it to the pastor so he could share it but I believe that the body is one and I want to share it. Y por eso vengo a dársela hoy y la daré mañana. And I'm going to share it tomorrow night in the Spanish service also. Porque la escritura dice que os conjuro. And it says like this. Por el nombre de Cristo. I charge you in the name of que Christ. Que esto sea leído. That you would read this Luis. to the brethren. Primera de Tesalonicense. And we're going to start in 1 Thessalonians. Cinco. Chapter 5. Praise and glory be to my Christ. It's a total privilege. Total privilege. That we would be here gathered in Christ. That we're fasting and praying. Seeking. The omnipotent God. And it has pleased him to choose us. To bring us to be part of that body. And listen what it says. Pero acerca de los tiempos concerning the times y de las ocasiones and the seasons, no tenéis necesidad, hermano, de que yo os escriba. Brethren, that I should write to you. Porque vosotros sabéis perfectamente for you yourselves know perfectly que el día del Señor vendrá that the day of the a, Lord así como ladrón en la noche. so comes as a thief in the night. Que cuando digan paz y seguridad For when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them as a labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Porque todos vosotros sois hijos de luz. Because you are all sons of light. Hijos del día. And sons of the day. No somos de la noche. We are not ni, of the night. Ni de las tinieblas. Nor do we belong Uy, in darkness. Gracia, padre. Hallelujah. Por tanto, Therefore, no durmamos como los demás. Let us not sleep like others do. Sino velemos. But let us be watchful. Y seamos sobrios. And be sober. 
Pues los que duermen de noche duermen. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Y los que se embriagan de noche And se embriagan. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. Pero nosotros, But let us, que somos del día, who are of the day, seamos sobrios. Be sober. Habiéndonos vestido con la coraza de fe y de amor. Putting on the breastplate of faith and love. Con la esperanza de salvación como yelmo. As the helmet the hope of salvation porque no nos ha puesto dios para ira for god did not appoint us unto wrath salvación por medio de nuestro señor but to obtain salvation through our lord jesus christ who died for us para que seamos que velemos that whether we wake or sleep vivamos juntamente con él together with him nosotros somos we are the ones that are watching y los que duermen están durmiendo and those that sleep are sleeping in him We are in him. This flesh does not allow us to see. But we are watching. We're waiting for the Lord's return. Therefore, comfort, comfort each other and build each other up just as also you are doing. Os rogamos, hermano, we urge you, brethren, que reconozcáis a los que trabajan entre vosotros y os presiden en el Señor. recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. Y os amonestan. Those who admonish you. Por eso nosotros tenemos que tener una, un, una consideración con el que nos enseña. We should be super Hace más de 14 años que está batallando con todo el pueblo, admonishing us, bringing the word of God, inscribiéndolas en su corazón, writing down in your hearts and in your minds who Christ is. Y dice que lo reconozcamos. And it says to recognize them. Que tengáis mucha estima y amor por causa in esteem and very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. We also exhort you that you warn those who are unruly those that are not falling in rules. We have to call them to attention que alente a los pocos de a los Comfort de poco ánimo the faint hearted que sostengáis a los débiles Uphold the que hay paciente con be todos be patient with all mira que ninguno pague a otro See mal that no por one mal renders evil for evil antes seguir siempre lo bueno but uno, always pursue what is good both for yourselves and para for con all otro, para con estar siempre gozoso rejoice always un mandamiento It's a commandment. If we have Christ, we should always rejoice because he who has Christ has the life. And we can go give that life to those that are dead because those that are not in Christ are dead. We are alive amongst the dead. Pray without ceasing. 
para bajar de peso, this fasting is not only to lose weight <laughs> I'm the one that likes to eat the most and I'm, I don't even have hunger but every time we remember we're hungry we come before the Lord and say Lord we're in your presence we have come to do your will we want to please you Lord manifest be shown in this place let the gifts of the Spirit be alive in the church so he who is sad can be encouraged the one that's unruly can be called to attention wake up you who are sleeping so that Christ might shine upon you. It's a love to those who are sick and able to pray for them because we have that treasure in earthen vessels. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise the preaching, the prophecies. Test all things. Keep what is good. You examine it and keep what is good and what you can't understand just keep it there because God will reveal it abstain from every form of evil so that the God of peace will sanctify you totally your spirit your soul and your body that you might be preserved blameless for the coming of the Lord. He who calls you is faithful, who will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. And I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the brethren so that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you amen amen I have fulfilled what God called me to do tonight amen praise God help her out please let's ask the ushers to come forward as we partake of the Lord's Supper tonight Jesus says that he would not partake any more of the bread and the wine until we entered into his kingdom. He's so excited about this table that represents his body and blood that he says the next time I'll drink this cup and eat the bread will be when you guys come home, when we're in eternity. And so tonight we want to bless the elements and ask the Lord to allow us to participate in the Lord's Supper in a special way. Father, we give you thanks for this table, God. We give you thanks for the bread and the wine. We ask you to bless it. Lord, sanctify it unto our bodies, O God. Make it a blessing. Give us the healing, the inspiration, the life, the relationships that you decided and determined that this would bring to our lives. Help us not to fellowship with the table of demons, O God. Help us, Father God, always to hold in honor the fact that we're privileged to participate with what you did in the cross. Bless the bread and bless the cup. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As the ushers pass out the elements, just get your hearts ready before the Lord. The Bible says that 
when we participate, we should examine ourselves. Two particular areas, our walk with God and our relationship with our brethren. Make sure that you do so with a clean conscience, bringing every situation under the blood of Jesus. You say, Lord, forgive me, wash me with the blood so that I could partake worthy. So that the judgment of this table is not something that comes upon my life. And those of you who have not been water baptized yet, we ask that you just withhold from participating, abstain until you're able to participate uh, in the next baptism. As we sing this song and the ushers pass out the elements, just come before the Lord and say, Lord, help my walk with you. I want your plans, but my flesh is, is powerful. Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Help me to see you. Give me, you know, one of the things that helped me out a lot in my young walk with the Lord were dreams. I go to bed at night and have this incredible dream, and God would show me a glimpse of eternity. That was a great motivation for me to get my right, my right walk with Him and having Him speak to you. The Bible says if you're in the Spirit of the Lord, the voice of God will be like a trumpet's voice. You'll hear it clearly. Don't go there. Don't hang out there. Don't, that's not the direction I want. Give me more time. Give me more devotion. Give me more consecration. Listen to what my servants are telling you. What a privilege to have the servants of God speak into our lives. God will send a messenger into your life to speak what you need to hear if you honor God. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Cross my shame, rising again. I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. Oh, Jesus. Jesus
precious Lamb of God, worthy is your name, oh Jesus, Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name, worthy, worthy. says that one day the famine upon the earth will not be of bread and water but of the word of God and people will be seeking peace and the Bible says it's the commandments of the Lord that give us a peace that's incredible great peace have those who keep his commandments for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed he took bread he gave thanks and broke it He told his disciples, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Every time we participate of this bread, we're remembering the body of Jesus Christ on the cross being broken. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper. He says, this is the cup. It's a new covenant in my blood. Every time you drink this cup, do it as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. That he shed his blood for our sins for our rebellions for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you're announcing what the Lord did on his death until he comes therefore whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Jesus Christ but let each man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself because he's not able to see the Lord's body. He doesn't discern. For this reason, many are weak, some are sick, and some have died. For if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we would not be judged with the world, so that we not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat the Lord's Supper, wait for one another. And he says, And the rest I will set in order when I come. Father, we give you thanks for this opportunity to participate with things supernatural, with things that bring blessing to our lives, to our health, to our families, to our future. Lord, that we may partake in a manner which is worthy, Lord. Wash us with the blood of Jesus, Lord. Cleanse our sins, our rebellions, our disobedience, our neglect, our apathy and indifference, O God. Forgive us, Lord. Revive us with your spirit, Lord. Bring a revival in our hearts for obedience, O God. And continue to reveal yourself to us, Lord, that we can be obedient and lay down our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. You may participate with the bread.